So if you hang in there, you hang with God, and hang with me as I follow God, the package will be delivered to you in Jesus' name. All right. Well, I want to first of all say happy Mother's Day again. I know you've heard it a million times. I am thankful to be a mother, and I am thankful to have my mother here and my mother-in-law here and uh, my sisters who are mothers. I'm just grateful to the mothers in the house. You all are looking good. You are doing what you do. But you know what? I'm one of those people. I believe Mother's Day is every day. You know? Like they say, er day. Every day is Mother's Day. Um, but I give honor to God for you. Now, the devil is a lie because I had this PowerPoint up. Okay, here we go. Because right, I'm learning how to do this thing. Now, I don't have any form of fashion, but I have Jesus, and I do have a message to deliver. So if it's not as smooth, don't worry about it, because God is the smoothest of all smooth, okay? All right. So what I want to do this morning, um, I want to continue, and Pastor Chris has asked me to continue where he left off, and that is with um, a fresh look at Psalms 23. Now, um, what is so beautiful about how God works his thing? Because he is the supreme strategist, okay? I love how he works things out because he's having me to speak on a subject this morning that's very relevant to mothers, okay? So he had you in mind, even in the series that now all the rest of it applies to us, but it's something this morning that really is going to resonate with mothers because God has shared with me about this house that we have mothers that though you are functioning, you look good and you're functioning, you're tired. That's the message. For this house. You're looking, you're functioning, you're not missing a beat, but you're tired. And so God in his sovereignty is going to minister to you on this morning. And some men may say, hey, don't leave me out because I'm tired too. <laughs> All right? And that's okay because God's got a word. He is not a respecter of person. All right, so we're going to look at a fresh uh, look at Psalm 23. Now, for all intents and purposes, let's just do a little background so we know where we are, because some of you um, have not been here for the five weeks, but we've been in a series where Pastor Chris has taken a very, very, uh, uh, a scripture passage that we all know. We all learned it as a child, okay? So all of us can recite it, okay? So what I'm going to do we're going to lead out with scripture on this morning, but I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask us to stand as we recite the word of God, okay? Then you can sit down and we're done, okay? But please stand as we recite this word. Some people, it's hidden in your heart, and some people, you, it doesn't matter, okay? But we're going to recite it together, okay? So I'm going to say one, two, three, we're going to go. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. But you know it. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So, Psalm 23, we all know it. We all know it. And God knows that we can recite it. But we're at a point, um, and, and as we continue to grow and mature spiritually, you come to a point in life where you just don't want to be able to recite it. You want to take hold of it. You want it to take root in you. Okay? Because this is where you're going to have your life. And this is what's going to get you. The word is what's going to get you through the terrains of life. And so... I want to talk about, Pastor Chris left us off at verse 4. And it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I want to just go back a little bit before I jump into this real quickly, because I don't want to rush this. I I, I want to say that um, I love this psalm because to me this psalm is a rich testimony it's David's testimony and basically what is so beautiful about this testimony is that you look at it it, it, because it it, it kind of outlines an intimate walk with God and you gotta look at it and you say well I wonder how old David was when he wrote this psalm you know where was he in life to make him write this But I would just kind of glean from it. Nobody really answers that question through the scripture. You can say, well, maybe that was when he and his son were in a dispute, Um, you know, and he was kind of troubled. But I would also say that David wrote this psalm during a season of his life where he had a little bit of maturity, okay? And the reason why I say that is because David talks about different things within that Uh, within the Psalms that kind of lend itself to the fact that David has walked with God through some stuff. And so David now is able to sit back after he's kind of walked through different terrains because he talks about valleys, he talks about how the Lord makes him to lie down, he knows importance of rest. He's just kind of going through a scenario because the beautiful part about David uh, that makes him able so much to relate to God is that David was a shepherd and a king. We serve the good shepherd and the king of kings. Okay, So you got a shepherd king assessing the land and saying, hey, I, you know, as I look back over my life, there was one time or a season in my life when I was a shepherd that was very meaningful to me. So that's where I'm going to give reference. It's very interesting to me that no matter how high you go and how many titles you can get in life, that some of your most intimate times with God is not when you were the CEO, but it's when you were the cashier. 
It's very interesting, okay, how you see God in different ways. Um, and so David went back. He didn't talk about his king being a king. He went back to when he was a shepherd. But the beautiful part about it is that he said, you know what? I'm a shepherd, but I know the shepherds of all shepherds. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He goes through that psalm. But then he lands in verse 4. And that's when this tide kind of turns a little bit of a corner. Because then David goes from he to you. Okay? The, the, the terminology changes. He goes from the third person to the second person. He's getting a little closer. Okay? So he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I got a picture of the valley of the shadow of death. You show my fried chicken. Okay, look. I've got a picture of the valley. Of, I'm going somewhere with that. You hold on, okay? But I've got a picture of the valley of the shadow of death. And it's an actual location between Jerusalem and Jericho. All right? And if you look at that valley, you'll see it's kind of dim. And Pastor Chris talked about the valleys. This is an actual location, Valley of the Shadow of Death. Now, one thing that he talked about in this picture, now, you know, that reminds me of some places, you know, that I don't want to go. There are some valleys in Nashville that I will not go through, okay? They may not be physical valleys, but they, they have some valleys, okay? Because some things happen in valleys, all right? But God makes provision even in the valley. Now, what makes this valley of the shadow of death so a little creepy, okay, if you will, for lack of a better term, is that you see how it's a little narrow, that's the valley. Well, when waters come very, very hard, if you're in the valley, you can drown, okay, all right? Another thing about that valley, if you see there are little cracks and crevices in that valley, wild animals can hang out in those crevices, and they can come out, come out and attack you, okay? So that's a little challenging. And then you have some robbers, okay, that can kind of hide up and make their way in that valley and come down and attack, okay? You, still, anything can happen there. So this was just considered a, a, a dangerous kind of challenging spot. Okay, now, this is the valley of the shadow of death, and most of us will never go to this valley, but I dare to say that we all have valleys in our lives, okay? All right? Now, your valley might not be the valley of the shadow of death, but your valley may be loneliness, the valley of fear, okay? You, we've all, you can name your valley, okay? All of us have valleys. But the beautiful part when Pastor Chris ended and he shared with us, no matter what, God is with us, okay? That's the takeaway. Does it matter what your valley looks like, Okay? But God is with you. There's provision in the valley. But there's a couple of things that happen in the valley that challenge us as believers, okay? And that's what I want to talk about today, okay? Um, fear can plague you in the valley, right? And um, one thing about fear, okay? Fear can cause you to do some things and act some ways that you normally wouldn't act. When you are threatened and when you are fearful, you tend to act in ways that you normally wouldn't act. And guess what? 
The father, the good shepherd, knows that. So he says, yea, though I walk, I will fear no evil. David says, I'll fear because God is with me. But he also says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. So this is the first time where you look at this scripture and you're like, I'm seeing two objects enter into the picture. So I almost named this sermon, The Shepherd is Packing, okay? Because he's got a rod and he's got a staff. It's the first time. So I'm like, is there something that happens in the valley that you need some protection? Okay. All right. To comfort you. Now, I'm going to talk about this a little bit. And it's not fun, but I do want you to know that we all have the propensity to want to be safe. Okay. Every, you want to be safe. And so let me tell you what this kind of looks like in real life. I call, I tell the, the worship ministry in real time, okay? So basically, this is what this means. Like, I have a brother, and, um, you know, we go different places together. So we were in Atlanta one evening, and we were walking downtown Atlanta. And I'm from Baltimore City, and I didn't think that that was quite the safest thing to do, walking in downtown Atlanta at night. So I looked at this brother and I said, are you packing? And he said, who, me? I'm always packing. Is the Pope Catholic? I mean, I am always packing. Okay? I mean, I'm always packing. But you know what? For some reason, that gave me a sense of comfort that I could walk through downtown Atlanta and feel a little better about who I was going with, okay? Because I had somebody packed with that gave me comfort. Well, let me tell you something. All the guns in the world do not take the place of your father's protection of you. Okay? You need to know that. Um, so I want to share this with you about the rod and the staff. Um, but, but before I do that, I want to lean over one more place, okay, because all of us um, tend to do things that comfort us through valleys, okay? All of us tend to do things that comfort us. We have come up with our own comfort measures, okay? The world has made a huge display of things that we can choose as comfort measures. So I want to talk about those things because there is a spiritual war, and the war is for you to not, the devil does not want you to be truly comforted by your God. It's a competition, okay? He wants you to seek comfort in yourself and self-prescribed comfort measures. But the comforter, okay, has his own comfort measures. So I need you to kind of, I don't need you to, I need you to come over to this side, but I do want to identify some comfort measures that we're going to talk about and we're going to deal with together, okay? Because if they're my comfort measures, they may be yours. And I need us to renew our minds about how we deal with them because they were never meant to take the place of true comfort. That's why you never are comforted. Okay? So, Let's deal with those comfort measures. Food comforts me. Food comforts me. 
Okay. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay. All right. So we all on the same page. But I'm going to talk about that. Okay. All right. Shopping comforts me. I hear somebody. <laughs> yeah. Shoes comfort me. Chocolate. And y'all, it's not just chocolate. It's cakes, pies, candy, anything with sugar on it. It does not even matter. Okay? That comforts me. But let me tell you something about those comfort measures. Um, one thing about this country, um, and we need to be aware of it. Um, uh, before I go there, okay, I, I do want to cover one more thing because um, these are my comfort measures and several of you share them, but some of them, I have not touched your comfort measure. So you feel pretty okay right now. You're feeling pretty good about yourself, okay? And I don't come to condemn you. Okay, I just come to assess so we can address it, okay? All right? So, let's put up, what are your comfort measures? Okay. What are yours? What, what, what are yours? Do you find comfort in lashing out at other people? Do you, do, do, do you find comfort in use, at using your power and authority? To rule over people? What's your comfort? Does that make you feel good? Okay. Yeah, put that thing back up there. I want us to stay right there. <laughs> Go back to that. All right. Your comfort measure. Isolation. Do you travel? You gamble? What do you do? What are your comfort measures? I want us to take a look at that because. In order to be comforted, God will expose to you what you use as comfort. Okay? So I just want you to take a look. I don't, I don't want to rush. Just take a look at that for a minute. You know what your comfort measures are. You know it. You know it. What I want you to do is not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can be truly comforted by the comforter, okay? So, go to that next slide, because I want to tell you something about comfort in a minute. Now, now, some of those things on that list, you may be like, Jude, don't judge me. Some of those things on there are not bad in and of itself. But if you use it as a substitute for true comfort, that's when that thing goes wrong, okay? All right? Now, Comfort in America, you all, because there's an enemy, okay? I just need you to know there's a, there's a war going on in the spirit realm, and I need you to be aware of it, okay? Now, comfort is a $1.2 trillion business annually in America, okay? The stakes are high. The devil wants us to be comfortable. Now, you know, God loves confidence. I'm not, look, 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 I'm not demonizing some comforts. I like them, you like them, we all like them. Okay? I like it that we have cars that roll and I don't have to get out and do a horse. But I like all that. I like comfort. Okay? 
I like that I can microwave mine and not put myself in the oven take two. I, maybe I'd be small if I could do that if I had to wait long, but I'm just saying. There are comforts that we all enjoy, all right? But please understand, comfort is a huge business, all right? We buy, and part of this comfort, that $1.2 trillion business is, are things that we don't even need. Shoes, food, clothing, electronics, we just switch them out, not because we need them, because we want them. Okay. Now, not only do we like comfort, but <laughs> we also store our comfort. The storage business in this country is a $32 billion industry. It's going up every year because you know what? Not only do we like comfort, but we like our comfort to live in air condition in a building storage rooms. Now, I got to ask y'all this morning, how many people in here can actually drive into your garage? <laughs> y'all, <laughs> if your garage looks like mine, okay, we have places that we can't even use for regular... There are people in this world that don't even have a roof over their heads. But we have storage rooms for our stuff. Okay, I'm just, listen, I'm not trying to beat up on anybody. I'm just trying to bring this thing to the surface, all right? Now, one-fourth of Americans go to a fast food restaurant daily. Okay, comfort and convenience. Okay, um... But guess what? Two out of three Americans are overweight or obese, contributing to disease. Now, I need to share something with you. As I read those stats, I didn't read them. You know, I, I had a, it was, it's a method to this. It's a method to this, okay? I'm reading these stats because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? If I can get you comfortable and fixated on these things... That you will never, let me tell you, I was awakened 2.27 a.m. in the morning with a word to give to this church, to this body, that says that your comfort measures are not sustainable. That was the word. I, now, usually I get up and write it down, but I was lazy. But I ended up waking up every hour because I was afraid I was going to lose the word to give to you. <laughs> but those comfort measures are not sustainable. They were never meant to comfort you in the way, or me, in the way that we've allowed them to comfort us. Okay? So I want to go back to that rod and our staff, okay? Because... I told you about what we do, so I, I need my danger point right here. I need a red box, okay? When you see a red box, you ought to be warned, okay? Point number one, danger. Beware of self-prescribed comfort measures. Self-prescribed comfort measures are not sustainable. Seek consultation from the good shepherd. <laughs> Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. Watch comfort, okay? I don't say disregard it, just watch it, okay? Now, 
Next picture I want you to show because um, this kind of tickled me. Now, you see that rod and that stab? That girl was like, ho, ho. Now, I see two tools coming at me, and I'm not really sure about what these mean. So I'm a little concerned about what these tools do. So I want to talk about the rod and the staff in Scripture, okay? We're going to deal with sheep, and then we're going to bring it on around to a way because nobody's taking it, hooking you, and hitting you with a club. Hopefully not, okay? But we're going to deal with those items that the Lord uses. Now, the shepherd's comfort measures, okay? In the Scripture, it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So I wanted to let you know how the shepherd uses comfort measures, all right? So the rod... When the shepherd, you know, in the Middle East, you'll see two main instruments, the two tools that they'll use. It will be a rod and a staff, okay? One almost looks like, I got a picture of it, it almost looks like a bat, okay? It's about two to four feet long, okay? And it's used for protection, examination, and counting, correction, and intimate contact. That's what the shepherd uses it for, and I'm going to talk about that a little further. And then he uses the staff. Same thing to protect the sheep. It supports the shepherd, because that's the one with the hook on it, okay? It kind of stands there, you see the pictures, and the handle of the lambs. So that's what we're going to talk about from this point forward, okay? All right, now, protection. Now, the rod, you see how it looks, okay? Now, the rod is something that shepherds use, again, too. It's worn in the shepherd's belt. It's the main tool is protection for himself and protection for the sheep. It keeps predators from attacking the sheep, and it also keeps them from injuring themselves. And it also keeps strange things off of the shepherd, okay? So it is a tool of defense. So it's nothing for people, um, you know, shepherds, to take that rod and to practice throwing it and aiming it very precisely and concisely to be able to execute any kind of... um, you know, if they, if they need, if they need to um, use it for protection, they're able to throw it and land it where it needs to land. So people are very skilled. Shepherds are very skilled at utilizing this rod, okay? All right? Now, what I want you to know is that God is our, if you don't know anything else, God is our protector, okay? Um, you may not see a rod come down from the sky. He's taking and throwing things. And, and you know, and, but I promise you, he is protecting you. Um, if you look throughout scripture, you see that, you know, he, he parted the Red Sea, okay, to protect his people. You know, um, he rescued Daniel from the lion's den. Um, you know, he p- protected Esther when she went before The king, he is a God of protection. But the thing that I want us to look at, this is where we miss it, okay, people of God. We miss it. We look at God as an episodic protector, okay? So when we're driving down the street and somebody comes out in front of us and we stop and we stop our cars, we're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So we start giving God a praise, all right? We thank God for that. But where we miss it, where our praise is limited, is when we don't thank God for the other years that you traveled to that same destination and God protected you from danger seen and unseen. That's where our praise is limited. And so I need for us to look at God as a protector in all. You have no clue what God protects us from every day. 
Some of you have traveled to your jobs every day, never had an accident. Your children have traveled, no accidents. Things have happened all around you. You have not, God has stopped deer from running out in front of your car. God has hidden your house so burglars would not come in. There are so many things that God protects us from. When we come into the house of God and we say, let's give him praise for he is a protector. Thank you, God, for sustaining us. We all ought to jump to our feet because he is a protector of his people. That's his character. That's who he is. And so God um, will protect us. Now, I want to go to the next, you know, and I want to just visit a couple of scriptures. Can you put those scriptures up? Fear not, for I am with you. Because when you start kind of doubting whether or not God is a protector, you need to go to his word to encourage you. Okay? So Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication for me, declares the Lord. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. He protects you. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. God is your protector. He's my protector, and I'm grateful to him for that. Now, Another thing that God uses that rod for that you may not like this one, okay? But I'm just telling you, it's a part of his comfort of us. He uses it to examine us. So what does that look like? So So the sheep will come and the shepherd will take and he will part the wool of that sheep. And what he's parting that wool for, he's looking for parasites on the skin of the sheep. Because he knows that those parasites will cause that sheep not to be well. Now, he also will let the sheep pass through his legs and he'll feel the contour of the sheep to make sure that the body of the sheep, there's nothing gross, everything is okay, the body feels okay. Because a good shepherd will examine you. So why is it that we start getting a little antsy when we're searched by God, when he calls out those things in you? Because let me tell you something. There are things that will attach itself to you that the shepherd sees, and he knows it is no good for you. He knows that it will lead to your sickness. He knows that it will injure you. So, you know, what the, what the psalmist said, and I love that he says, look, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. When you walk with the shepherd and you trust the shepherd, you trust his search warrant. Look, let me tell you something. When you gave your heart to the Lord, when I gave my heart to the Lord, we said, look, we're subject to searching because we are yours. Now, I want to ask you something, mamas. Uh, Do you need permission from your children to go into their room and search their room? No, because you mama. I got jurisdiction over all of this. There is 
ain't no authority. I'm the authority. I, I, I got jurisdiction over this. You don't tell me not to check, search, do anything I want to do in this house. That's the kind of mama I am, okay? Now, so why when people come, when God sends people to us to say, hey, babe, look, look need to guide you this way. God, you know, just read the scriptures, what you're doing. We get mad. We get offended. Don't judge me. Nobody's judging you. God is using people to help to call out those things that you don't see. Okay? You can't trust them. But what I'm saying is that don't despise an inspection. Don't despise an inspection. Now, um, the rod used for intimate contact, okay? I want to deal with the rod used for intimate contact. Um, Sometimes the shepherd would just take the rod and just put it on the sheep, just on his side, just to let that sheep know, I'm walking with you, okay? The the sheep felt secure when they felt something touching them from from the shepherd, Okay, so God in his grace and his mercy and his love used the rod to just touch the sheep to let them know I'm with you. So let's go to this scripture. It says, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand, you're in touch with me. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path. And my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before me, and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it's too high. I cannot even attain how you want to walk and touch me. Okay? God wants intimate. Contact. He's that kind of shepherd because you know why? Because he knows just his touch will comfort you. That's the kind of God that we serve. So then you have the staff. Now, that staff, you know, it reminded me, anybody here seen um, Showtime at the Apollo? (laughs) And how the Sandman used to come? And if you were really bad, he'd take that hook and grab you off the stage. That's the only thing I know about kind of like a staff, okay? Okay? But the beautiful part about a staff is that the hook was made for sheep. It wasn't made for anybody else but sheep. And so what would happen is that the shepherd, when the shepherd saw the sheep going off somewhere and getting ready to eat something, that would be injurious to a poison herb or something like that, he would take that hook and grab it by the neck and bring it on. When it was about to fall off a cliff, got a little bit too close to the cliff, he'd take the hook and he'd bring that sheep on in. Because that's the kind of shepherd that we serve. He knows when you're getting close, but he also loves us enough to bring us in. Now, I don't want you to get so caught up in the tools because, again, we're not going to physically see a rod and a staff. But what I do want you to see is the provision of God for you to comfort you. So you're not going to see those tools, but I 
want you to see the heart of the purse of the God that uses those tools or who uses or his, his, who he is loves you so much that he brings you in. He touches you. He protects you. He keeps you. He inspects you because he loves you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, how can you not serve a God like that? Now, for my physicians in the house, you know, when somebody, when you have a patient and they come in to your office and they say, I want you to be my physician, okay? I want you to be my provider. And so you bring that person on in and you say, okay, and you talk and you say, have a seat. They say, okay. You say, well, we're going to do your annual physical, okay? We're going to do a physical exam on you. And that person says, well... You know, first of all, you can't touch me. I know I need to disrobe for you see me. I'm not taking off my clothes. You're not running no labs. You're not doing anything to me except look at me. Then I need to ask you one question. Am I your provider? Am I your provider? Because it's obvious that you don't trust me to be your provider. I want to tell you that we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is worthy of your trust. He is worthy of disrobing in front of you. He's worthy of, in, of inspecting you. And so I encourage us to seek comfort that we serve a good shepherd that is mindful of us. So to bring this to a close, as David is writing the psalm. We thought that, you know, we thought that, the, you know, we're looking at the shepherd and we're looking at, you know, what he does, and that's all good. But you know what? The goal of that psalm was a testimony of the faithfulness of God, okay? And so what I challenge us to do, don't despise the valleys and the turns and the terrains in life. Don't despise them, okay? Don't despise the comfort measures of God. Lean to him, not your own understanding and your own comfort measures. But what I want you to do is think about the fact that God wants to comfort you. God wants to show you himself, not for you to be uneasy or to hurt you, but he wants for one day for you to write in a journal and tell somebody, I walk with God. When I had nothing, he gave me everything. When I couldn't pay my bills, when I didn't know what he was going to do, how I was going to have shelter, a check mysteriously came into my mailbox and paid my bills. When I thought everything was going wrong, God made provision for me. He walked with me. I allowed him to inspect me. He showed me some things about myself that only he could show me. I allowed him to because he is God and I trusted him. This is what he wants you to say because you know what, saints? This picture is bigger than us. It is about us using our lives to bless each other and to build us up in the faith. So if you have a testimony of a walk with God and you trust God and you let him search you, you can go and share and disciple somebody else so that they may grow into the knowledge and the trust and grow to know that God, he only, he, he's a comforter. That's 
that's one of the names of the Holy Spirit. He is a comforter. Okay. He told the disciples when they were in their valley, he said, I don't be dismayed. I, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to leave you a comforter who is going to walk with you. He's going to be in you. Okay. And so God is familiar with valleys and fear, but he is your comforter for those who believe. I'm going to say that again, for those who believe. But if you don't believe, he can be your comforter too. Because the world will sell you a bill of goods and let you think that there is comfort in everything else other than Jesus Christ. There is no comforter like our God. So if you don't know him today, may you come to know him. All you have to do is confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that now he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for those who put their confidence and trust in him. All you have to do is say it and today can be the day that the comforter will come and indwell you and walk with you and you will wonder, man, how? did I go through the, and that's not going to be easy but guess what you've got the comforter now to walk with you the rest of it if you don't have the comforter it's fake assurance okay it's, it's not sustainable amen so that is the word for the house trust the comforter he is fully capable do not be weary for in due season you shall read don't faint the comforter wants to walk with you amen amen, amen. thank you